Welcome to Lit Poetry, the podcast where we go on a journey of discovery, reading, analyzing, and discussing great poetry from around the world. Poetry is worth it because the reading and writing of poetry is a revolutionary act that has the potential to transform both the reader and our world. Welcome to the Lit Poetry Podcast Season 1. My name is James Laidler, Australian poet, writer and your host. In today's episode, we'll be bending the prison bars of our hearts, liberating our inner voices and breaking into gentle bird song with the poem Bluebird by Charles Bukowski. This is a powerful poem that points to the loneliness and hidden beauty lying at the heart of our shared human experience. A universal reality that many people tend to bury and hide from view. Joining us to discuss this poem on the Lit Poetry Podcast, I'm very excited to announce that we have live from the USA, Philip Freeman, who is a very highly talented voiceover artist and musician. I'm very, very pleased to be talking to Phil today because it is actually the first time I've had the chance to talk to him in person since I met him and his wife online and we started a working relationship, but maybe I should explain. I first made contact with Lucy, Phil's wife, about a year ago and we embarked on this sort of crazy idea I had called Lit Poetry. You see, I had a dream of trying to promote the reading and love of poetry in society by developing a digital platform that created poetry that was an intoxicating fusion of music, beautiful voices and words. Poetry that would appeal to a modern audience, poetry that would be accessible. I wanted to promote poetry in such a way that it became easier to understand. It goes without saying that the main problem I had was with finance. And you see, I have a very limited budget and yet a very stubborn desire to produce high quality work. And that's where Lucy and Phil came in. I found Lucy's freelance voiceover advertisement on the website Fiverr and got in contact. I was in need of a female voiceover artist to read some poems I wanted to produce. Lucy responded to my first email, took on board my limited budget and went to work. Over the last year, she has read poetry for me from Adrian Rich, Sylvia Plath, Emily Dickinson and Margaret Atwood, just to name a few. And everything Lucy has read for me has been exceptional in its quality. Then, a little bit more recently... I was in need of a male American voice, so I thought I'd give Lucy's husband, Phil, a try. And, oh my God, his voice is also sublime. Anyway, what has unfolded has been a lovely little relationship shared via email from the opposite sides of the world. But before I introduce you to Phil, let's take a listen to this week's poem that that will be really at the heart of our discussion. Without further ado, I give you Bluebird by Charles Bukowski, read by one half of this quite amazing voiceover duo, Philip Freeman. Bluebird by Charles Bukowski. There's a bluebird in my heart that wants to get out, but I'm too tough for him. I say, stay in there. I'm not going to let anybody see you. There's a bluebird in my heart that wants to get out. But I pour whiskey on him and inhale cigarette smoke and the whores and the bartenders and the grocery clerks never know that he's in there. There's a bluebird in my heart that wants to get out, but I'm too tough for him. I say, stay down. Do you want to mess me up? You want to screw up the works? You want to blow my book sales in Europe? There's a bluebird in my heart that wants to get out. But I'm too clever. I only let him out at night. Sometimes. When everybody's asleep. I say, I know that you're there. So don't be sad. And I put him back. But he's singing a little in there. I haven't quite let him die. And we sleep together like that. With our secret pact 
and it's nice enough to make a man weep. But I don't weep. Do you? So welcome back to the Lit Poetry Podcast and welcome to Phil. How are you going? Hi, thank you so much for having me, James. I, I sincerely appreciate it. Um, I, I can speak on behalf of my wife as well that we've really, really enjoyed working with you uh, over the past year. It's been a, a wonderful experience for the both of us. Oh, and likewise, it's been quite amazing getting to randomly meet people and put your trust in them and it's just been pure gold the whole way it's been quite remarkable actually <laughs> yeah. it's amazing what the internet can do that that's that's the one thing outside of the social media and the double-edged sword that is technology this is this is the best of it i would say you know when when things like this happen yeah and i think from my perspective you've, you've been really you've been over backwards and been very accommodating for for my needs and understanding where i'm coming from and the passion of this very humble project and I feel like you've really sort of keyed into that passion and when you've been reading poetry for me I can really hear that passion come through well thank you uh you know Lucy and I when we when we first got the the when we got your first um uh work when you when you brought that to us and uh gave us the pitch on what you were doing that really spoke to us not not just on a professional level but also on a, on an art, artistic level we're both you mm. know we're both working musicians we both thoroughly enjoy writing music as well and reading good literature and gre- reading good poetry so the fact that you were bringing that to us was was just such a joy to be able to to interpret good literature and yeah. uh, to uh, contribute to a a new a new spin on it to can to a beautifully done you know, rendition of it, you know, both musically on video, but um, it's, uh, it was just a, a wonderful opportunity for us to, to a- experience some great art. So we really appreciate you uh, doing that for us and providing that opportunity. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's been great and quite fortuitous. It's quite remarkable that out of the host of people I could have chosen to send emails to, and, and quite literally, you guys, you were the first people. I sent a message yeah. to, and <laughs> and I and I just hit the jackpot with people, and I could tell from the start that you were you were into literature, you were open to poetry, and and also kind of got the, the gist that maybe if you're you know you're doing voiceover work, there would be a lot of commercial stuff, and in some ways you know it pays the bill, but it's not something you can probably necessarily get super excited about. This is something we got super excited about, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. So, Phil, could you tell us a bit about your inspirations, your backstory, like what you do, yes. and, and also particularly, like you mentioned, the poetry. What is what is it exactly your exposure to, you know, literature and poetry and that sort of thing? Sure. Um, and I, I, I guess we'll start with um, when Lucy and I met. We met in college in concert choir. Uh, she was a junior and I was a freshman, and. She, uh, it, it, it was just, we became friends almost immediately. It was, it was uh, really, really uh, a, a amazing chemistry between us, even though we, like, you know, even though we were just, um, just meeting for the first time and we were, you know, just fostering a new, a new friendship. And then as the years went on, um, after I graduated, we ended up uh, dating for uh, about a year or two. And unfortunately, we um, parted ways because of professional um, circumstances. She was working up in New York City at the time. I was, uh, you know, doing stuff with my band. And, you know, given that, it, it really just, um, you know, it was tough. Uh, and, uh, but, after after my mother passed away, um, we rekindled our friendship, and things started to, started to change for her professionally, to the point mm. where um, we were really starting to to work together again. We started playing shows together again under the moniker Lucille on the Wolf, and um, and that just rekindled the our love for each other and then mm. we got back together uh two years later we got married and it's just mm. yeah it's been it's been absolutely wonderful and you know we because of the pandemic we lost a lot of work as live 
entertainers. Yeah, you know, that like, makes sense. So it, it was, and plus I also have another band called Small Town Titans that I've been, uh, it's, a, it's a rock band that I've been a part of for the last decade. So we, we um, canceled a bunch of shows um, mm. and her and I had also done the same thing. We canceled a bunch of Lucille and the Wolf shows. And, you know, we wanted to, and of course it was a, it was a, um, a scary time for everyone and we we decided to just see what we could do at home you know mm. we both love um you know we we both love um anything to do with art really music and mm. art that's that, that's something that we both just love and enjoy so we were looking for any avenue that we could express ourselves in some way shape or form either just you know personally or professionally mm. in in that in 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 some regard to music and art so we ended up finding fiber we ended up just giving it a shot and seeing what would happen as far as voiceover is concerned mm. um i even uh put my my feelers out to see if people were interested in commissioning composition work for for mm. what I do. Like you know, I also write music uh, for mm. it, it. And it's been it's been a, a wonderful experience. You know, Fiverr has been a really really good platform for that, and that's how we met you. And yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I would say that I probably got on the platform about the same time because we were in lockdown yeah. here in Australia, and I'm a teacher. I teach poetry, and I I, I write mm. as well. Am I? My spare time, and and I was going, yeah. I was going stir crazy, and I just needed, I needed something else that was meaty. I needed yeah. something that, that, that got me out there, and I, I stumbled across Fiverr because I was, you know, I was playing with my own voice, and when you're wanting to represent a whole sort of gamut of um, poetry, mm -hmm. you know, you can't limit yourself to your own voice. You know, it's it's, it's about the poetry. It's not, not right. about. It's not an ego trip. It's it's really you know, and uh, and finding you guys just fantastic. But it sounds really interesting with. Lucy, it sounds that sounds like a really healthy basis for a relationship that you've had this great friendship, oh. and the friendship's also yeah. about about having common things in, in you know common things in that you both have an interest. Um, yeah, yes, I you know it's it's something it, it's something I'm very very thankful for. You know, it definitely <laughs> opposes the trope that you should never work with your spouse. Mm. No. <laughs> mm. She and I work with each other every single day mm. to support each other in, in the things that we do together and also uh, separately as far as our profession is concerned. She has so many irons in the fire when it comes to working with uh, special events bands uh, with, with her um with her uh, with her company there there's a, a company that she works for and has done so for the last year and a half and it's she's done a wonderful job with them mm. um you know my work with with titans we we help each other out we do you know we, we schedule out our entire year as far as like shows are concerned yep. she's very organized she keeps me uh you know at, crossing my t's and dotting my eyes if you will so it's yep. just it's an amazing symbiotic relationship and i i, I mean i could couldn't do it with anyone else so. yeah no it sounds sounds amazing and, and maybe if you know one day um travel opens up and you ever come touring in australia you have to look me up and you know i'll put you up absolutely and look after absolutely. you <laughs> um that would be wonderful yeah so look a really interesting thing that I wanted to talk to you about was actually the process involved in, so that the audience knows. So how we go, well, how I've been going about sort of producing these um, uh, sort of music video esque poems and sending uh, work to people like yourself. And so, could you discuss yeah. with me the the process um, when you receive a poem from me? And so, what's going through your sure. mind? And what are the considerations? What's the process? And and and, and some of those sort of things. Absolutely, and I think at least when when if Lucy or I get get a job from from you, you know, it, it, a poem, it's it's something that I also, you know, consistently bring up with my vocal students as well when I teach voice. Is that you want to look at the context, the diction and the syntax mm. of each song or each poem or mm. each piece of literature? Can you? Um, can can you grab the the essence of what's happening within mm. the poem? Can you extract the story? 
And from that story, can you extract the emotion? And can you relate mm. an emotional or an experience that you have had from the poetry? And in every case, at least with, with within our working relationship, that's that's something that you know Lucy and I discussed regularly when we were working on this together. Mm. And you know, and it didn't take much discussion as far as like as as far as knowing what the emotion was right off mm. the get go. Great poetry, it jumps right out at you. Yeah, you don't even have to discuss it. It's right there. You know exactly how to feel mm. um, when you're pre- performing that piece. You know exactly what's going on, you know, um, or at least your own subjective interpretation of it based on your experience. Mm. And um, and through that, it's it's such a it's such a, a, a wonderful experience to to discover that because and and just to discover great poetry and also. Ec- uh, exercise your performance skills with that because mm. you can find different dimensions of yourself and, and different emotions that you have. Yeah. You can yeah. you can find out what moves you and that's mm. that's what's so wonderful about poetry and, and music and, and good literature. Yeah, and, and I certainly put the um, I certainly put the challenge out there for you to begin with because uh, <laughs> you actually came on quite late in the piece. I've been working with yeah. Lucy quite a bit and then I needed this um, American male voice and I had the poem I had was 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 from a, a, a gay man who had mm. written a poem um, about a couple that had um, been burnt to death by immolation in Texas. Heartbreak. Oh, heartbreaking. Heartbreak. Really just, uh, it's a brutal poem. But you read that with such oh, intensity and um, poignancy. It was quite wrong. Well, you just really nailed it. But, you know, I remember writing to you saying, well, I think the first two poems, I said, and, and then um, what was the other one? Uh, Funeral Blues. But, so both written by, yeah. by gay men. And um, mm-hmm. I had to assure Lucy that uh, you weren't becoming gay or anything. <laughs> um, yeah, but like you really, uh, so your, your ability to empathise, I think, with stories that, that, that you obviously found something really common in them, and yet the stories also, um, so that those stories are universal, clearly, so you've, you've yeah. yeah, so can you talk a little bit about that, sure. um, the challenges? Ab- absolutely, um, it, you know, it, it, when, it, when, I, when you commissioned me for those pieces and reading those pieces, um, I, I think... <laughs> Anyone with a conscience, anyone with a heart mm. can relate to those pieces, mm. no matter who it's about or what it's about. Everyone deserves the chance to love whoever mm. they want to love, in, in my opinion. Um, mm. I know that some people don't share that, and I pray for those people every day that they see the light of, mm. <laughs> that there's no limitation to love, mm. you know, at least. It, and that's, and no one should have to go it should have to fear live in fear of being burned to death because of that mm. I, I just I thought of to myself you know what if I like I, I think about my <laughs> my unconditional love for my wife mm. and what if I was in a situation where somehow my love for my wife was considered an abomination or was considered something that would threaten my life, I wouldn't stop doing it. I can't stop loving mm. my wife, you know? And I have every right to love who I want to love, and everyone else does too. And when reading those poems, I thought about the pain associated with that. I thought of, I put, I literally put myself in that situation mm. in that burning building with my wife. And yep. um, can only imagine the pain yeah. that those two that that that, that the, those two beautiful human beings went through. Yeah. And um, it's just it's and that's I mean that's it, love is love. That's, mm. It's as mm. simple as that. Yeah. And anyone who um, reads that poem and interprets that poem, I just hope that someone maybe that had a differing opinion about the LGBTQ community reads yeah. that poem yeah. and understands. It has a little bit more understanding of, of what, you know, that community goes through yes. based on, you know, it, like, it, like, you know, it just, it, 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 everyday experience of just that, that tiny voice in the back of their head saying, watch your back. 
yeah you know and look I think that's the that's the advantage of poetry and art for that matter because you know in its essence art is political it is it's talking it's it certainly can un- be. universal issues that really need to be um, right on our radar and I think you're, you're perfectly Absolutely. right but it's interesting that you've brought that lens of your own experience with your love of your wife to right. you know, and you and you've realized realized and, and made those connections and it's so authentic your voice that this is just a universal thing love between different people of different sexuality and all that sort of stuff is is still love and and it's, and I think that's where poetry can do its work because it takes people into that story and into that right. experience and and I think it encourages people to empathize with um you know those marginal voices and you know Absolutely. Lucy's done a whole lot of um, work on feminist um, poetry for me which again I think is coming from that marginal voice and she's absolutely nailed it and I I assume that she might have been thinking about her own experience as a woman um, in those poems sure. and that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, and and I think it's it's at least for for her and I, we definitely um, emphasize the 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 value of teamwork. You know, there's no, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's there's uh, it's it's equal parts between mm. the two of us. We definitely do a lot of uh, things like you know the whole trope of her being in the kitchen or me mowing the lawn you know we just, mm. we go back and forth you know and you know she she does like as far as like the the household chores and stuff mm. like that so i know that seems a little bit uh no it's the same in, <laughs> in it's exactly the same but, like, in my yeah. household here too yeah, so. there you go exactly yeah. it's it's a yeah. team it's a team effort and uh it's yeah yeah, no, I'm married I think to it's a, more fun that way. I'm married to a very strong woman, um, and there you um, go. yeah, and, nice. it's, and it's very much a, an equal relationship. It's fantastic. There you go. That's so we might just stop here for a short break, and we'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to the Lit Poetry Podcast. So, look, Bill, just a, another question I have for you. So, when I've commissioned you to do poems, and then um, you've you've done them for me, and then yeah. I've turned them into their end product, what has been your impression? Like, have you been surprised, or like, are there any oh. poems that sort of gone, oh, gee, I didn't think about that, or? Well, I, you know, watching watching the the. A collaboration that you like you've I've seen I've seen your work grow over the over the years you know it's it, like yeah. or over the past year you know mm. when you did uh, I believe oh it was it, it was terrifying poem um that you commissioned Lucy for about uh the lake the pond that I forget oh the, yes the early the, on yeah um oh, this is yeah. a photograph of me yeah and I uh, stripped yeah, that one right back yeah oh, boy that was yeah. like and that it was a very simple video but boy you just yeah. You get the creeps looking at that picture because you can't, like, you're not necessarily, like, you can't see the body, you know, like, no, it's so... Oh, no, oh. no, no, yeah, it really speaks to, to the erasure body. of the female yeah. voice. Yes, and I know I've absolutely. taught that poem a lot, and um, students oh. really find it very compelling. Um, the girls in Incredibly class just compelling. really, oh. really lock onto it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think you're right, the trajectory of my work, I, I was pretty... It was pretty rough early on um, and accumulating <laughs> skills, but I sort of actually was half. I spent a year in um, uh, East Timor working there, and I actually managed yeah. to, to work my way onto. Um, they were producing their first ever feature film um, on oh, a national wow. level, where um, Australian nice. filmmakers and um, sound engineers and all were buddying up with Timorese, and I came Very on cool. as the second um, DP. I didn't know what I, oh, wow. you know, it was a big role, but it's really basically you're just sort of just bossing people around and making people, making sure that the <laughs> schedule all uh, takes place. But it really was probably one of the most wonderful experiences of my life and so it certainly changed my perception of what artistic endeavour could be because I'd never shared in such a corporate enterprise before, like working with others. Because right. um, I've always been a lone hand. I've, you know, I've written a couple of novels and that sort of thing and it's you know sort of yeah. me sort of hiding away in my room doing my thing. Um, and so that exposure to filmmaking sort of inspired me and it made me feel like you know you can, you can have a go at anything really um, yeah. if you put your mind to it. Yeah, which I imagine is probably what you've um, 
what you've kind of you know with Fiverr and so that was kind of like a yeah. uncharted territory. In some it was ways. A, it was a very a wild experience as far as as growth concerned, and I've certainly seen that growth in in your work with the music and and the editing and and like bringing together all of these elements. Mm. You know that that was just it was really awesome to see, especially with with some of the more recent. Uh, uh, poems that you've commissioned for for Lucy mm. and I. It's it's been really cool to see that. Yeah. See see what you're doing growing, and we've we've also seen growth in in our department as well. And it's really cool to mm. see something that you cultivate, um, or you know, to it, it spring forth and start to blossom. It's mm. it's you know I've, I, it, it that's been happening with with my music composition side of things as well. And mm. it's it's really cool to see something that I have been absolutely obsessed with with most of my life and as far as like virtual orchestration and the, uh, the industry standard technology mm. being obsessed with that since 2017 and seeing that become you know a professional avenue it's just it's it's kind of a little bit of a miracle I'm yeah honest, yeah you know? that's great so as I'm sure you can relate with you know working as a director of photography watching you know watching this this wonderful project of yours continue to grow continue to mm. you know yeah, it's yeah, it's a wonderful experience to watch. It is, it is, it is. So we might just throw to another break, and we'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to the Lit Poetry Podcast, where I'm speaking to Phil Freeman about his work at Lit Poetry, um, which probably brings us to Bluebird. So this yeah. particular podcast is featuring Bluebird. So I release a poem every week, and we've, yeah. this was actually produced uh, probably a couple of months ago. I think you probably produced this for me. That might have been the first time that you heard it. So, what do yeah. you know about um, Charles Bukowski? Like, what, yeah. what do you take so. from from the poem that you that you just heard? Yeah. Um, so uh, <laughs> the first time I ever heard Charles Bukowski's name was in a Modest Mouse song in high school. And the line is God who'd want to it, like it, something about it. The name of the song is Bukowski. And one of the lines is God who would want to be such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes. So that got me interested, like slightly interested. In, okay, I want to find out who yeah. you know this Bukowski guy is, and I know that uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers had mentioned his name in, yep. in a, a, a song here and there, and so I wanted to look up some of his uh, his literature. And um, what an interesting character! Most people mm. who write literature have have a lot of they're very left or or, or right of center in the sense mm. that they are they they are a um, very unique. And mm. it's it, they're not afraid to show that uniqueness, um, and Charles Bukowski certainly isn't. Um, it, it, I mean, he certainly isn't ex, isn't an exception to that. He um, worked at the post office, you know, knowing that he worked at the post office for most of his life, and mm. only you know one of his one of his poems talks about how he would just like eat a payday, and that would be all he ate all day. Very mm. utilitarian in his in his life and there's something i don't know what it is uh, about utilitarianism and minimalism mm. and this it kind of stark american stoicism that certain um literary figures have like john steinbeck for example mm. I, I feel that sense even even hunter s thompson at times mm. there's this minimalism and ruggedness and utilitarianism to their own individual life however they go out and experience a multitude of colorful experiences yeah, you know like that yeah, right. it's it's so like even they don't have a lot of things but yeah. they experience a lot of things yeah. does that make sense yeah it does there's a, there's a, and, and look Bukowski's you yeah. know rough around the edges and he certainly can oh, yeah. some people would see him as very crass but there's this he intense honesty in some of his yes. work he sort of seems Absolutely. to seem to just cut right to the center of some issues and just to lay that's it what, out. That's exactly what I was mm. going to say. It cuts his his. It is not easy to read sometimes. No, because no, of how how hard it yeah. cuts. And I would definitely say that Bluebird is one of those is is one of those. Oh uh, yes, it's an exceptional poem that really absolutely. Yeah. 
because there's there's a I think there's quite the tragedy. It's you know you can even relate it, and this is such a such a ridiculous uh, a parallel. But uh, if you're familiar with the 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 film Step Brothers, where the it's right at the end, and the father says, "I have my dinosaur back." Just kidding. Oh, I haven't seen the film. No. Don't. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm sorry. I don't want to give it away. No, that's but, all right. But at some point, <laughs> yeah. at some point in the film, it's a ridiculous film. And it's hilarious. I love it so much. Um, the dad says, "Don't lose your dinosaur," which is essentially the same thing as saying, "Don't lose your bluebird." Mm. And um, mm. you know, and it was just it. It. I, I felt my heartstrings pull quite a bit um, reading this because I think a lot of people can relate to that dream, that aspiration, that yeah. that part of themselves that they want to foster, however, whether it's social constructs or the way that they were raised or the pressures that they felt on the outside or at least they perceived on the outside that they just stuffed it in there and um, kept it hidden from from other people. Yeah, I think um, the, the reality of people often often gets choked out. And I think in yeah. our modern world with, with social media and all the mm. uh, accoutrements that, that go mm. with that, you know, that's a yeah. huge problem that people face where they're, you know, curating um, versions of themselves and constantly wearing a mask. And, and I think Absolutely. the poem speaks about what, what, what actually lies beneath that mask right. for everybody um, in a way. And... And, and it's kind of like a an ode to um, to the universal you know love and loneliness that is at the heart um, at the beating heart of reality uh, that if we were able to scratch the surface we would be able to dig down and see it in people and yeah. and for such a, a, a like an often crass man who who mm. was bombastic and and um, and very um, didactic in his opinion for him to express this is doubly profound I think well it's 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 even evident in some of his uh, some of the videos of him that mm. he obviously feels things very deeply um, mm. there were there are uh, videos of him weeping openly mm. over over poetry that he wrote because it just triggered a memory or or the um, parting ways with with uh, with a lover and just mm. you know they just you can tell that this this man has built a a hard exterior mm. because of the pain that he has gone through because of either self-inflicted or or otherwise and i yeah. think a lot of uh you know i i don't i i think everyone does this to some degree but i do think that that it, that men are more predisposed to try to create as much of a shield and feel as little emotion except for anger as possible you know like that seems to be like you know being angry is okay but mm. don't you ever let anybody see those tears don't ever let no that's right you know love somebody openly or or be joyous or or to have them have emotion and yeah thank god i was i was raised by by two incredible human beings that that told me that it was okay mm. to express a multitude of feelings mm. you know like there's there's such a, a beautiful and amazing palette to the human emotional experience and it's important to be in touch with all of those emotions you know and i've i've never I think to a degree there there is always a bit of shame feeling a bit of sadness publicly you know mm. <laughs> or you know or, or, or feeling vulnerable mm. in front of people mm. um, and I think certainly there are certain feelings that that should be prote protected and mm. maybe are not appropriate to share openly mm. you know with everyone and their mother because you know mm. everyone's gonna have an opinion on that mm. uh, like you know but I do feel that there is more room for expression because if you well, bottle is, that yeah. up mm. if you bottle that up over mm. time it's going to burst at some point mm. and it's going to express itself in, in, in a very painful way or a negative way mm. you know if 
like if I, I feel as if you know if you have an issue with something it, like or if you have you know if, if you're frustrated with someone mm. that there is a way to express that that shows your frustration but is also compassionate mm. you know I think I think that that's very important that um, there's there's a balance of emotions as well yeah you know? absolutely and I think we we live in a, a world of of stereotypes where you're mm-hmm. quite right in pointing out that strength is, um, you know, uh, is seen as like this um, quality that you, you know, you meant to have to put up a brave face and, and not show your emotion. But the, right. I think the paradox is that, you know, if we really think about it deeply, that it's actually far more an act of bravery to show your vulnerability. Um, <laughs> and we, and we actually know. need that uh, point of yeah. reference. Uh, and Absolutely. People, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I, I just I had a thought, and I want to I want to share it. it yeah, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, my my mother. Um, she, whenever I felt like you know ashamed about, you know, feeling a certain way or feeling sad or or about something, my my mother always looked at me with just this 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 unconditional love and intensity, and she said, "My sweet son." There are, there is a, the shortest line in the Bible is Jesus wept. Mm. Okay. So mm. you talk about it, whether, you know, and it, whatever you believe, what, despite your belief system, whatever it might be, mm. Christ is the archetype of the perfect man. Christ is the archetype of of the best human being you can possibly be. That is it that is the way that it is supposed to be interpreted. Jesus wept. So mm. even at the, the the highest echelon of the of the human experience, the the best human being you can possibly be. Mm. You still express emotion and an unconditional love for your fellow human beings. Well, I think so. so and, and that goes very much you know, against the, um, the mantra of, you know, sort of modern stoicism and, and, and other, right. other philosophies are, like that, uh, I think. There are, there, are great, there are great nuggets to be taken from stoicism. I think there are times where you do have to put on a brave face, but you have to balance that. Mm. You have to balance that. You have to... You have to um, it, it, otherwise, there will be an imbalance for and way more pain. <laughs> yeah, no, feel, that's right. That's right. Um, over yeah. over time, um, than than necessary. If you don't allow some type of, especially if you if you if it feels innate, if it feels in your nature mm. to to express emotion, to mm. allow it to happen, you know, um, and and to do so in, in obviously and like I said in, in a balanced fashion. There are some, there are times where it can be the exact opposite and you and too much emotion like just like like putting out yeah. all of your dirty laundry on social media it's just like yeah. like people that just like talk about all of it. like what you should be like you know talking to your therapist or your mm. or, or your close friends about you're mm. just putting it out there like publicly. no that's it's right and, like, and i think that comes back on a personal level to motivations you know why right. if you're being vulnerable what is your motivation Exactly. For, for being so, and, and there there are lots of poor motivations out there that we need to guard ourselves against, I suppose. Yes, but and, the, and I think it. Yeah, so sorry, go ahead. Oh, and I was just going to say the other thing about Bluebird uh, before I forget. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. Is that again? I think it's interesting in terms of social analysis we, that we tend to yes. put our heroes on um, pedestals and that sort of thing. But we've got here a, a man Bukowski who who's. You know, living a pretty hard life, he was an alcoholic and a whole lot of other things. And I think this is really strong evidence that you, you need to be open for profound insights, for beautiful things to come from surprising places, from, from the margins. And I know personally, like yes. reading his poetry, also, and you know, you know, I know people who have got mental health issues and that sort of thing. And sometimes, yeah. you know, they often get just disregarded. But sometimes they just say the most profound things that other people often can't articulate because they're they're expressing things out of a deep experience. Um, yeah. That you know, you can have your degrees in philosophy and you know, be a brilliant thinker. <laughs> but sometimes, a person from that perspective can just just kind of level kings with their thinking. Like it's it's, um, and I think Bukowski. Yeah. That's what he achieves at times. Absolutely. There's, 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 uh, you know, uh, uh, to to further that point and and to kind of come back to to 
what I was saying before. You know, there, there's, a, there's a gift in creating poetry and music and art because what, what an amazing platform to be able to be vulnerable, but mm -hmm. to also provide value to, um, a, a potential intrinsic value to those that read or experience that poetry, experience that piece of art or music. Mm -hmm. Because you are, like, like Charles Bukowski is so vulnerable in this piece, yet he's also, he's not just throwing it out there on Facebook and saying, I had a bad day. I don't feel like I'm expressing myself. Like, he literally put that into a piece of art mm. that then mm. opens up and makes an impression upon the individual that reads it yeah. and therefore creates intrinsic value for those yeah. who, who read it. So, and what, a, what an incredible intention, you know, to, to, to it's, it's therapy through art. And I think that that's well, a wonderful is. expression. And there's the line in, in the poem where he talks about, do you want to blow my sails in Europe? And I think, <laughs> I think that it's yeah. pretty funny, isn't it? But, but he's kind of being really, he's being quite self-deprecating in a way and being honest and showing that he's a, he is a flawed, egotistical person like anyone. And, and, and that, again, makes great art when people are prepared to go, look, you know, this is me, I'm flawed. And look, there's something, there's something actually real in there. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yes, and that's that's the thing. You know, every every single one of us on this planet is a human being. It takes all kinds. You mm. know, it takes all kinds. It's it, it's incredible how how we will um, put people on pedestals, and mm. sometimes deservingly so because of the the great achievements and successes that they have um, brought to the world, the value that they've brought to the world. You know. Mm. Um, Albert Einstein it comes to mind um, simply because what an incredible mind however he was considered a, 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 he really struggled to be a good father to his to his children because he was so obsessed with his work mm. you know so it's it's a it's a constant there's there's a, a constant ebb and flow there's a constant yin and yang yeah it's a hard balance individuals mm. you know it's a hard balance um, for especially for if, when you read about certain individuals who have achieved great things, but also um, the, the the not so great things that they've done, mm. you know, it, it just it makes it it's it's difficult to to separate the art from the artist mm. sometimes. However, um, in this sense, um, I feel that that Bukowski is forcing the the reader to mash those two together that, mm. that the the art and the artist is one and the same yeah and that this is a, a testimony really and yeah that's right cry at least in my interpretation a cry out to those who feel the same way i can i can yeah. imagine i mean and and this yeah. is a man that wouldn't have passed the politically correct test you know and nope. i think that's interesting <laughs> now too because and rightfully so we know there's more pressure on people now today to to toe the line and to make oh, sure they're goodness. living good moral lives, and um, sure. but but um, when it becomes uh, yeah. sort of an oppressive mechanism, that's sort of I don't know manufacturing behaviour, and, and then and then we dismiss some people because I think you know Bukowski, I think probably some of the ways he would have treated women would be absolutely deplorable, and and he should and he, he should be you know um, you know derided for that, but. This broken man still had moments in his humanity of beauty, and and that's the thing I, I think is really important when we're thinking about political correctness. That that's uh, yeah. that's the reality we can't lose. Um, uh, which is uh, it's, I, it's I, a yeah. difficult conversation to have because it is it is a difficult conversation to have because it's it's the George Orwell's 1984 comes to mind. I know a lot mm. of people. <laughs> a lot of people say, "Oh, like roll their eyes and, and think mm. that's like you know that 1984 is the, is the manifesto of, of conspiracy theorists and <laughs> and uh, right wing nuts." At least it, in these days, and here, at least in the in the United States. And here's here's the thing: when you take away freedom of speech, it it's or or or, or take away the the idea of. Um, non-censorship 
when you start eliminating history rather than putting it in a, mu in a museum and explaining the context mm. Mm. of it um, and learning from that history, we're mm. bound to repeat it. Um, the horrors of um, of that book, mm. I see a very troubling uh, uh, a trend towards mm. that. And here's the thing. I, the, the intention of some, of some of, the, of this movement, mm. it, the first page is a good intention, but the, <laughs> the road to hell is paved mm. with good intentions. Mm. You are trying, like, because you're trying to get rid of a portion of that speech, which understandably so, you are a, where does that line end? Where does that line mm. stop? Where, what, when, when is it going to be acceptable? Mm. What's, what's, what's the difference between hate, like for example, hate speech and speech that you simply dislike or disagree with, yeah. you know? And where, and you are missing out on so much growth and understanding. Mm. Like, you know, I, 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 I refuse to, like, that's the thing. I, I cannot, I cannot shut out somebody completely or say that I will never have a conversation with them because they agree, disagree with me or that I disagree with them, even mm. vehemently. Mm. If anything, I want to have that conversation with them yeah. because it comes back to, it yeah. comes back to that point. You know, for example, I, I watched, a, I watched a, de a debate between um, uh, two, two, two philosophers and one of them, Slavoj Žižek, like mm. I, he's, he's a very- Yes, he's hard to listen to, but- Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, very yeah. hard to listen to, yeah. but he's a fascinating. Oh, he's a fascinating guy. Yeah, I can't help but admire him, even though I vehemently disagree with it, with yeah. his, his line yeah. of thinking. Yeah. But it comes back to the idea, like that, even someone that you may disagree with, or someone that has pain, or mm. has done uh, self-inflicted pain, or has inflicted pain on others, either yeah. either um, uh, unconsciously or consciously in certain ways that they can say something immensely profound, that there is a mm. divine spark still within them. And that was a perfect example. Um, Slava Zizek brought up the idea of, of the divinity of man and that the, the inherent divinity of man is the separation from divinity itself. Mm. And he was quoting a book, but my, like, he was the one who brought that up. There's obviously a piece of yeah, it. And again, it's, I think it's, to, yeah. So insights come from all sorts of unexpected places. Exactly. Yeah, and I think, and, we're going, and yeah. it's all about conversation, and that's the problem today is that we live in this sort of, again, this uh, polarised world of, of camps, yes. and we have to find that fertile ground. But I think there's been a shift more recently into conversational modes yeah, um, a little bit, and you can see that growth around the place, which and is encouraging, I, I think. I, I think that there are certain elements out there that would discourage us looking at those those places. I think mm. a beautiful place where that's being fostered is the internet. I don't think it's happening in mass media. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, I would like to see that. No. But um, you know, long form conversation podcasts. Um, yes. They, there's there's so much fostering for for conversation now. Yeah, I think there's been uh, a move away from uh, debate formats yeah. a little bit and into conversation, which is great. But at the same time, you've still got like yeah. um, you know forums and comment areas that people are just shooting <laughs> off all sorts of comments and not really and there's not much thought there's just basically you have your you're going to sort of reinforce your opinion and you're going to let people have it um, well, which is yeah, very frustrating but people have to also <laughs> but the cost is that people actually have to be open to being wrong and and that is the real exactly. challenge like the, exactly. you me everybody because secretly we're all a little bit pr proud of our views and, and we, we hold right. on to it and think well no I'm, I'm, I reckon I'm pretty sound here but to yeah. actually be open to really being wrong about something and having to look at it again, that's not an easy place to get to. You um, have to, like, you have to allow for that to be the case, especially mm. when it comes to, you know, it, and here's, it, I, I think it's very important to have solid values and principles within one's own life intrinsically. Um, but when it comes to views outside of your own intrinsic place like mm. for example it like 
what you sow, so shall you reap. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Very, very simple. Mm. Like those are two values that I that I are, are solid ground for me. Like mm. those, like I, you cannot change that for me. Like yeah, I, I think but I could see, will, but I could challenge know. you on that though because I agree. I really <laughs> agree with that, and that's actually through all cultures you seem to see that sort of karma esque absolutely law. Oh gosh, but but the, yeah. I remember teaching uh, uh, this profound um, novel to kids at, uh, in the school I'm at, and it came up with the idea that where there was this, this good man, and he said if you that that law can be applied really badly because people can start using it as a formula that if I do good good will be done to me and that becomes a motivation and as soon as yes. you have a motivation of I'm going to be nice to that person because good things are going to come that is that is actually and and the idea in this text was you need to be good for goodness sake there should be no idea that you're waiting for a calm sort of karmic payback that's going to wrap your life in you know great times no. um, and that's yeah and so that's the mistake in, in that in that rule that people make, I think that is a huge mistake, and that's a that's a very very profound uh, insight into that because that brings that brings a very very egotistical. Oh, side it does, to that. yeah. It's and when you, and you, you must be very very careful of. It. And when you're exactly working because, with teenagers, yeah. um, mm-hmm. I, I know I'm doing this text, and then their eyes looking at me, going, "What? So I, I can't just do good, and I'm doing good because it, you know people are going to like well." You need to ask yourself, are you doing good for goodness sake because it's the moral thing to do out of a place of values and just kindness? You know, would you be able to do it um, if nobody was looking? Now, that's that's hard. That's That's really hard. But that's the aim, isn't it? That's the goal. Um, Precisely. And I think there's a lot of archetypes um, in in great literature, in in the great religious texts of of all cultures that that act as as a blueprint to that. To mm. acting in doing good for good, good's sake, like you know, and here's a perfect. I think there's a here's a rebuttal to that in that sense. Mm. Here's if the good th- like do unto others as you have them do unto you, mm. and what you sow, so shall you reap. If you if you take those two, you know, in intrinsic laws mm. and you apply them, and let's say you go to hell for Mm. that are you still going to do it so here's it and this is like here's the thing if i am destined for eternal damnation because i loved my wife unconditionally and would try to be the best husband that i possibly could that i you know did my best to contribute as much as i possibly could either either through charity or my time or my energy and to be fair in my dealings and to be honest to make sure that there was an equal exchange between uh, the people that I worked with, the people that um, you know that I help. If that, if that, if if I'm going to hell for that, yeah, I'm gonna go because it's mm. worth it. Because mm. I feel that goodness here in this present moment. Mm. If that, if that, because and that's the thing. If I need to go suffer for eternity because other people and other things are going to be better off. Mm. I'm I'm going there yep. because I I don't like it's very it's it has very little to do with me. It has a lot to do with what's surrounding mm. me, and and I think that's that's very important. And it's such an incredible point with mm. with, with, with what you said. Yeah, that 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 has to be factored in. That it no does. matter what, it like happens. Those those it's it's not based on a on a on an on a motivation that like that you're somehow racking up points mm. you have to you have to eliminate that idea completely in order that's to right those, that's right those, those laws yeah. to to apply correctly um or at least transmute it completely yep. self self comes out at like is is, is out of that equation mm. so that's yeah and i i think it, and i think for you to say that to certain individuals that would rock their foundation. Yeah, no, because I think the yeah. common understanding of why you do good and how you do rack up points, that's that's part of the motivation. And everyone's playing that game all over the place. Yeah. And and it's and and look and that's why I like poetry, that's why I like art and that's why I love yeah. teaching kids because it's it's the ability to go into that space and, and challenge those ideas. Exactly. Yeah.
And Plant those little seeds in people so yes. they germinate into something. Mm. Yes, and in in some ways, I think for some for certain individuals, it may rock the foundation, but it will also forge. It'll it'll be like forging steel. It'll make that mm. foundation stronger. It will create more. It, like it'll it'll create more mm. um, either strength or flexibility in that foundation, depending. Well, on yeah. Well, and I think there's as much excitement, yeah. you know, rather than pulling like doing good things and getting the rewards. There is actually as much reward in falling in love with a beautiful idea. Like if you fall into the idea of, of love, like that that's that's a noble thing, and no one has to see me do it. But that can be a very exciting thing in itself. Absolutely, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Very interesting. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, this has been a fantastic talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it certainly has. So, Phil, um, I just want to. A couple of last things. I've got a couple of questions sure. down here for you. So it would be really interesting because I've been sending you all sorts of uh, poetry. Um, actually, I have one lined up for uh, Lucy to send us shortly. Awesome. Um, awesome. But is there a poet or a poem in particular you would love to do at some stage that I'm unaware of? Because I'm sure that I've probably exposed you to things that you haven't come across before. Right. Um, and, right. Um, and I, I love that. I love being introduced to new poetry. I think it's it's a wonderful thing. Um, you know, I I... T.S. Eliot would be a lot of fun mm. to do something by T.S. Eliot. Um, it would be... Uh, I, I've always enjoyed uh, literature from from him. Shakespeare. I mean, it, the mm. classics. Yeah, the classic. Like, just... It, it, and, and especially now that I'm, I'm older, looking back on <laughs> the, the, the work of Shakespeare, how, how genius uh, that, yeah, that work is. And, and incredible that is. It's, it's yeah. just... Uh, yeah, so a, a monologue from from a, you know King Lear or uh, or yeah. Hamlet or any of those would be would be phenomenal. And I mm. like whether done on a, on a microphone or whether done in front of a stage. I think mm. would be a, a, a beautiful thing. Well, I can definitely accommodate you with that. Def- <laughs> um, All right. Yeah. So and, and it's it's good actually because I have been getting traditionally uh, my London-based um, guy to do some of those things, but I think you have a, nice. a voice that's well suited to the to the Shakespeare mode as, well, as, as well. Um, yeah, I actually heard recently uh, a discussion on <laughs> on radio with Hamlet. It's quite interesting, and and, yeah. and it was somebody who's going on. Oh, yeah, I really believe in this. Uh, there's a whole idea of you know to your own self be true from Polonius, and I'm thinking, oh my God, the guy hasn't read the play. Like Polonius is just like this. <laughs> horrible human being and the vanity of what he's saying is actually you know like Shakespeare's just going oh this is this guy like you don't want to be that sort of person who's motivated to do things um for, for its own sake but exactly what we're talking right. about <laughs> um yeah but see and that's it's a popular culture grabs hold of that and says that's a that's a great saying that's that represents my philosophy but it's such a terrible philosophy to have to my own self be yeah. true um yeah. Yeah. Which self are you talking about? The the greater self or the or the tiny self? Yeah. The ego self. Exactly. Well, if it's like, and, and I think it's to the to the ego self rather than wedding yourself exactly. to a, a deeper, more universal yeah. um, set of values that yeah we can all subscribe to. Um, yeah. Look, mate. To uh, to finish, um, I yeah. ask everybody who comes on the podcast, even though you're only the third person to uh, <laughs> be on the podcast. Um, Honored. Well, that's great. It's a pleasure having you. So the final question I have for you is, is why poetry? It's a very short question. Why poetry in the 21st century? Richness of experience. Adventure. Higher dimensions of consciousness. That's, that's why. Fantastic. That's what I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good answer. Short but succinct and straight to the point. All right, Phil. Well, thanks so much. Um, maybe in the future I'll have a chance to uh, talk to, to Lucy. Um, would love to make that happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, tough to, it's tough to coordinate times when you're 14 hours ahead. <laughs> yeah. No, very much so. But, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, uh, what is it? It's about 8 o'clock over there. At the moment. It's about 8 a.m. over here, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Lucy, it was, <laughs> we had a birthday celebration yesterday, and she did a wonderful job 
making all kinds of amazing food, and so she deserves to sleep in. God yeah. bless her. So it's ten, it's ten at, ten at night here. So um, ah yes. Yeah. So we should we should wrap things up so you can. You can to, <laughs> well, I've got a, got a young boy. I've got to get into bed soon. But um, ah, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been it's been absolutely marvelous. Um, yes, talking likewise. to you. Likewise, likewise. Right. James, thank you so much. No worries. So it's time for us to wrap up this episode of the Lit Poetry Podcast. I hope you've had a great time tuning in. Now, if you need any other resources on poetry, please feel free to visit our website at www.litpoetry.com. We'll finish by listening one more time to the poem Bluebird by Charles Bukowski, this time set to a different piece of music to draw out a different type of mood. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next week. Bluebird by Charles Bukowski There's a bluebird in my heart that wants to get out but I'm too tough for him I say stay in there I'm not going to let anybody see you There's a bluebird in my heart that wants to get out but I pour whiskey on him and inhale cigarette smoke and the whores and the bartenders and the grocery clerks never know that he's in there. There's a bluebird in my heart that wants to get out, but I'm too tough for him. I say, stay down. Do you want to mess me up? You want to screw up the works? You want to blow my book sales in Europe? There's a bluebird in my heart that wants to get out. But I'm too clever. I only let him out at night, sometimes, when everybody's asleep. I say, I know that you're there, so don't be sad. And I put him back. But he's singing a little in there. I haven't quite let him die. And we sleep together like that with our secret pact and it's nice enough to make a man weep but I don't weep do you? You've been listening to the Lit Poetry Podcast presented by James Laidler For more podcasts poetry videos and other useful resources visit our website at www.litpoetry.com. Thanks for listening.